Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Real Debaters. I am Michael Petro, your host on the podcast. This week, the episode is supported by our friends down at Proper Design Works, a custom clothing and embroidery manufacturer in our hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, what do they do? Well, it, like I said, they're a custom clothing and embroidery manufacturer, so it's pretty simple. Um, you can get there's such an array of choices from these guys. Let, let me just ramble off a few here. For example, you get a, a pair of bespoke tailored jeans. I love the word bespoke. I'm glad I'm glad that was given to me to say. Uh, you can also get an embroidered cap, some cool logo embroidered on the front of it, right? Um, t- uh, some screen printed t-shirts. If you need, if you're starting a new business, right? Um, you get a D&D team. You want to look cool while you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Bachelor, bachelorette parties. It's always fun to look all the same, right? Any of these reasons, if you need a bulk order of screen printed t-shirts, proper design works are the people for you, okay? Um, They're also helping out with making masks during COVID right now. They got some super slick masks to look at. Um, If masks were ever to look cool, proper design works are the guys who make it happen. So uh, enough about what I'm saying. Go take a look at what they do. It's at proper design works on Instagram, all their wares are there. You'll be able to see all the masks I'm talking about. And then when you're done and you're like, man, you know what? Mike was right. I want to order some stuff. Info at properdesignworks.com. Again, that's info at properdesignworks.com. The thing I want to stress the most, they are a small business here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And when all of this goes back to normal, we want to see and support our small businesses. So that's why I'm putting this little stamp on it. They're not a big box store. They're doing it. They're niche. They're very great at what they do. So just like a hundred bucks a month on anything local is exponentially huge for small businesses. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, this week on the show, we got another debate for you on the show is Danielle Kayahara, Chris Stanton and Dan Goldberg. Yes, I got that right. Okay, cool. So point of the debate. Um, I took, I went down the road of, I'm a big foodie, right? I've, we've talked about this before on the show. I'm sure where we did the restaurant debate and, and so on and so forth. So I took it's you're on death row. Right. Here's your scenario. You're on death row and it's your last meal. What food from what movies do you eat as your last meal? And you got to pick from any movie animated or live action. Uh, and you had to make like a buffet. Then you had to pick your chef. And then you had to also pick uh, your atmosphere. Like what kind of restaurant would you want to bring in? So we've got our cast. We've got our debates. Uh, check us out online, guys. Uh, TheRealDebaters.Podbean.com. That's our website. That's TheRealDebaters.Podbean.com. We got cast bios there. We've got our merch sites there. It's all things real debaters. Um, and our email address, if you want to communicate an idea to us or just talk to us in general about who God God knows what, uh, the real debaters. That's R E E L debaters at gmail.com. That's where you can talk to all of us. I don't think I've got anything else for you this week. So I'll cue the real and you enjoy the show. What is up, Dan Goldberg? Oh, you know, just still kicking. So. <laughs> what are you kicking? <laughs> I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a lot to. There's nothing to kick. There's, <laughs> I can't even kick rocks. They just clean the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you 
sir, been watching? Any 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 interesting things to note? Any any gems you've uncovered? Any any fun things movie wise, or are you just watch, rewatching the, the classics to to you know yeah, easy I, watching? As far as my watching goes, it's been been a lot of uh, a lot of comfort food. Some of the movies were good. I, we're gonna argue tonight. I I just mentioned because I just watched it recently. It's like, <laughs> oh, I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, oh, that's so freaking funny. I gotta watch it again. Isn't so some of it's bad. Um, yeah, movies. Like, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched a lot of the new stuff. Like a lot of the stuff that went to streaming. Um, I was really looking forward to Scoob, but the reviews just turned me away. <laughs> to, to what? Sorry, Scoob. Scoob. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, know. Yeah, Tell it's, me. It's the new Scooby Doo iteration. Oh, okay. It is okay. Terrible, terrible <laughs> reviews. Who's in it? And, and, like, like uh, I, I don't know, but people are saying like somehow they managed to ruin a cartoon that's been around for sixty years. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's that, yeah. th- that. Them some harsh words. Okay, yeah. Scoob. Scoob is what you're saying. Hang on, I'm I'm bringing this up. It's 2020. Let's see. Okay, so open with IMDb. Yeah, let's do that. We love IMDb. Scooby without the Y and yes. the Y they didn't put in because no one asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, here, uh, Scoob. Okay, so let's see who the voices are. We have Will Forte, Mark Wahlberg. Jason Isaacs, Gina Rodriguez, Zach Efron. Okay, right now I'd fuck a lot of those voices. <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> I would climb inside one of those voices and get nice and cozy. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Zach Efron right there should pull in. Like that's that's obviously what's pulling in every everybody else's name. But like, I Amanda Seyfried. Okay, like Mamma Mia, Ken Jeong. Like these are Tracy Morgan. Come on now. Like how do you how do you fuck up how do you fuck up a cartoon with that much? You got to you got to think that like in in that regard, there's there's got to be some sort of like a, like a dialogue linchpin, right? Yeah. Like with with no one no like nobody act, like voice acting you can do a lot with, but with nobody actually acting like Tracy. Without seeing Tracy Morgan's face, Tracy Morgan can only do so much with shitty dialogue in his voice. Oh yeah, no. My point to that though is how much how much talent do you have to have where you don't start asking them, "Hey, may, any input?" Like that's a lot yeah. of that's a lot of seasoned actors on set there, right? And I mean, just maybe asking Tracy Morgan to help out with some of the dialogue. You know, he's been around forever; he knows how to write funny. Um, Zac Efron, Mark Wahlberg, like you don't need to pull much out of them, but they know what works and what doesn't like, it's just a waste of talent to not ask any questions. Yeah. And, and, and then at the end of the day, it's like, who, who was clamoring for a new iteration of Scooby-Doo? Yes. Right. Like it was like, it's kind of a time capsule with the whole hippie thing they had going on and the, and the mystery band and the ascot. It's like, S- Stupid time capsule. Yeah, no, I never even, like, I get, I just go, this is silly, and I don't really look, that's my problem with animation, like, I I really want to love animation, but I just don't, I don't know what it is, I'm I'm, going to talk to my therapist about that, but, like, um, I, uh, yeah, like, it, it is, it's 1970, peace, love, happiness, you know, all those things. (laughs) 
Scooby-Doo and asked for. I, uh, I sunk my teeth finally into the Hunger Games series. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun. It's, it's like... It's not. No. <laughs> no? No. No, I... You I, didn't like it? Oh, like... Okay, I liked the first one, and I liked everything up until the haha we've taken and stolen her and brought her to district 13 like i i i loved how they got screwed and the quarter quell and and i love that i i really i hope the prequel that the novel that they just released does well but or is being released somebody mentioned it today i know there's a prequel about it and uh but as soon as we got to mocking jay i was like okay hey, you guys are a hey, you're stretching this way too far like it didn't need to be two movies um yeah it, yeah i the thing is, I never expected much from them. Did you read the books? Like, they're kids' movies. Yeah. I, I never read the books. Okay. And like, I'm like, okay, it's, it's like kids' movies. It's derivative of, like... Like, I knew, like, it was borrowing from from Battle Royale, The Matrix, and about six other things. Very much so, yeah. But it's like... But it, it, I, I felt those popcorn movies. It's like, it's like, they're so watchable. It, 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 they, yeah. they are, they are, and they are designed yeah. for easy watching. You're not challenging yeah. your audience. Your dialogue is very easy to understand. Like I, that, that movie looks like probably the book does. I don't know what the book does, but it's probably got like really big typeface and very easy to read. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking? Like a goosebumps book. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's what that looks like on screen to me. So I get it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a time and a place for everything, but I work with a guy who's 21, 22. So he came up with these, right? And he tells me all the time how great they are. And I guess, I guess it, it, be it an age thing or different cinema at different times. Like he's his, you know, millennials are full of popcorn movies, right? Like we, we like our parents are hanging on to our parents' music and, and literature and entertainment and movies, right? Like I feel like the Rolling Stones of movies is is like Cool Hand Luke, right? Like our parents' movie, yeah. where like your the popcorn shit is is what he's seen. So maybe it, that's what it is. But I just I couldn't fall for it. I was like Katniss, you undecisive bitch. Like pick pick Peta or pick Gale, just pick one of them. Like so, yeah, you know, like that that story was pulled too far. Yeah. Snow. And the poison and biting the inside of his mouth and then like finally showing some blood at the end of the movie. I'm like, these are, it's, it just, it felt like they dropped, they, they dropped the baton after Catching Fire. But you're right, like between Peter, Gale, and Katniss, like not one of those characters I like or I thought treated, treated each other nice. Like they were all... They all treated each other so terribly. None of them should have been together. They're hor- lying, yeah, threatening, mis- just communi- so so jealous, so and yeah. and violent and angry, like just a, a lightning in a bottle for a relationship. But Candace but in general, like if she, it's like she wasn't in in that like oppressive fascist world. Like she would just be a drip at parties anyway. Yeah, she would. Like she, She's not fun. I, yeah, no. I'm like okay, you're and and like you know, Snow makes the comment. He's like, she might be good with a bow and arrow, and I'm like, yeah, literally, that's all. Like I, I, and maybe I had to. Yeah, read. I think it's, you're turning me around. You, you know what? They, they <laughs> make you so hungry. <laughs> Take away their games. <laughs> 
yeah, right? Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. And maybe, maybe reading the book and having more material to then, you know, bite more off of a character's personality as opposed to just, you know, two hours of it. Maybe that's why it had such a huge following, which is why it's so cheap and easy to buy a book, throw it on screen. Cause you, you're buying a, yeah. you're buying a customer. You're not buying, you're not selling an idea. You're buying a customer to come back to the same, you're going back to the well, right? Oh yeah. Anyways, well, um, I feel that we're warmed up and stretched and ready to take on each other. So let's let's start off easy. Let's start with a little back and forth before we jump down the rabbit hole here. Um, I wanted to talk to you about and I and it, and it comes from the whole idea of whenever you meet somebody new and you start talking about movies, um, you get that whole, hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you seen that? Right. Be it a relationship or at a party, which was where this whole thing kind of started from. Um, but you you play that, have you seen this, have you seen that game, because would you agree that that's how you find the temperature of somebody else without really knowing them? Oh, yeah. And those are, yeah, and like, yeah, be it friendships or romantic relationships, like movie interests can be deal breakers. Totally. High Fidelity. Like, Prove that with music. Yeah. I'm waiting. Is the, would the, What's the movie version of High Fidelity? Oh, I don't think they've made one yet. Uh, no, there, there is. I think I think it went into other genres, but uh, top five was kind of like a black high fidelity. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you see top five? I, I, it was, it was like a, it was a very cute movie, but I it, it stopped at cute. Um. No, I haven't. But you just yeah. right right there. You just did the exact thing that we're talking about. You're like, did you see top five? Right. Like you're, and like, you're trying to find out if I've seen it and if we share the same values. So that is exactly where this question comes from, because every time you meet somebody or, or, you know, everybody always says, have you seen this? You got to see this. Right. And Steve, Steve Taylor on the show, um, he said like, cause he works in film. He's always like, man, I do not listen to people anymore when they say you got to see this. Cause just everything is great. Right. Nothing's bad. <laughs> cause, cause it's what you like. Right. You're not going to be like, hey, don't watch this. Like you don't tell people to not watch a shitty show. You always ask them, you know, what show do you like or what movie do you like? Right. So um, there's a serious dent in one of my longest friendships because of what because of a movie I recommended. There's a really like yeah, it, it how badly bruised is this friendship? I, I tell you, I, I think it's the person that's for Bruce because I'll tell you the movie and you'll be like, "Okay, all right, I, yeah." Like this person was offended because like they watched it on a date and they're like, "It ruined the date I was on." Like, <laughs> oh, that, like we didn't, we didn't get it. Why would you think I would like this movie? And like, this, this is how far they went with it. Like they're like, "This, this is tell," and they bring it up like to this day, ten years later. The, the movie was the Royal Tenenbaum. What the fuck? Yeah, and like it was, they're like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. And like this is person, this is somebody I've been friends with since we were six. And like, there's there's a serious fork in the road there. That yeah. How? Okay. Well, obviously you don't like going to a different world because then if you did, you'd like Wes Anderson. Yeah. It, it was yeah. I have a friend who who said it better than I think anybody I've ever heard describe Wes Anderson, but Wes Anderson doesn't make a film. Wes Anderson makes a world that you get to take part in. And 
his use of color. Wow, we're going off the deep ends already, but that's fine. His use of color and and texture and palette and all of the things that create what he does. Like, there's a whole Reddit feed dedicated to Wes Anderson, like Wes Anderson in real life, where like you can just accidentally find like a very Wes Anderson moment oh, popping yeah. up somewhere yeah, in like yeah. you know uh, Norway or Ireland or something, right? But uh, no, I think that's ridiculous. But, um, but like, like, even if you're not into Wes Anderson, yeah. That- you as a movie recommendation no no like, <laughs> like like even if it wasn't your cup of tea it's like like there are irrefutable great moments in that movie oh jesus that's <laughs> i can't like and, but yeah anyway so I, but that's I, not the movie we're talking about. no that's not the movie we're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you thank you i, was I like... could yeah if you want to talk royal tenenbaums we could start a podcast yeah <laughs> Yeah, dedicated to each character, every scene, dissect it, unpack it, top to bottom, just fucking deep dive. Even the Havelina to get a character, to get a, a, at least part of an episode. This is very true. Yeah, no, okay, we'll we'll workshop it. Um, okay. So the question, the longest de- explanation of a question is, um, what's one movie that you think everybody needs to see? Universally, everybody would benefit from watching this movie. What is your version of that? Go. Okay. This is what I always throw out there. And, and, uh, I get, I mentioned you earlier. It is just, it's so delightful. I giggle when I think about it is the movie coffee and cigarettes, uh, by director Jim Jarmusch. It is nine short films, mostly with celebrities, uh, playing versions of themselves, which is and genius in it's itself. It's the weirdest mashups. And they, it's just conversation while they drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. And it's scripted, but it's supposed to be like realistic situations. Uh, and it, it, it's just completely absurd and hilarious. And some parts of it are, are genuinely dramatic and heartbreaking. But at the end of it, you're like, wow, like, like that whole movie just feels like like, like, it doesn't leave you jittery like after coffee and cigarettes. It's like, <laughs> it's like drinking a tall glass of iced tea. You're like, wow, that was, that was refreshing. <laughs> well, okay, just just so people respect what you say by a mishmash of characters who are playing versions of themselves, I've had to scroll three times left on the iPad here just to like get through all of the big fucking names that got put yeah. into this movie. But just the short list is Roberto Benigni, right? Life is Beautiful. Uh, Stephen Wright from well if you don't know who Stephen Wright is take a minute but uh, unbelievable comedian from the late 80s early 90s if I'm not mistaken on my timeline um, yeah. Tom Waits Steve Buscemi Iggy Pop uh, you know just to round it off um, then we get a little bit going to the more feminine side we have Meg White and Kate Blanchett um, Alfred Molina Steve Coogan Jack White Jizza and the Rizza Bill Murray Renee French and Kathy Hans. Like this is it's 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 just like who had a day off movie. I love those movies. And Spike Lee. And Spike Lee, always. yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um Come on. I, I was I was ready to spout those out as waiting for you. <laughs> would you would you say that like for people who've never seen it, because it is it's art house, right? That's what yeah. we can kind of yeah, okay. Um Yeah, it's black and white. So it's black and white. I mean, so deal with it. No subtitles, but it is black and white. 
Would you say it's more of like a, a smart, arty version of Clerks? Like how Clerks is so cumbersome and clumsy but funny in that regard? Would you say the coffee and cigarettes is like the highbrow version of it? Uh, well, I, I'd say it's I'd say it's in the same ilk as Clerks, like okay. like the same kind of humor, but it being nine short films, like yeah, I, I couldn't you couldn't really uh, you couldn't really compare it to anything. Like there there is there are a few jokes that run through them, but. Yeah, the the theme the theme is just you know, and I guess it's appropriate to these times we live in. But it's it's the, the theme is just meeting new people and seeing things from a different way, and and like drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes is sort of the, the centerpiece to how these meetings happen. But yeah, it I. I there's really no central theme to it as far as it having to relate to anything. Yeah. But it does. I think each, yeah, from my recollection of it, um, I, I think I would describe it. Almost each scene has an emotion built around it. Like it's very, very pivotal to, to conveying some sort of emotion in a very dry and drab way. But at the, at the same yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading a couple of things here, and it's making yeah. me laugh when when Buscemi and Roberto are talking about caffeine popsicles for kids, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? It, and it's it's early '90s, right? Um, Jesus Christ! Like, I'm just was there a no? There, okay, I, I thought there was a sequel. I'm looking here, and it's like Coffee and Cigarettes Two in 1989, and I'm like, no, no, you can't go backwards to make a but the, the um. Anyways, what is what what would you sell a person who's like, tell me about coffee and cigarettes? I've never heard of it. I I probably I, I usually describe the the Jason Riza and Bill Murray one. <laughs> Which because is where the Bill Murray and Wu Tang lore started, really. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, it must be. But I, like in that scene, the Jizza and Rizza are sitting in this really fancy tea house <laughs> and they're drinking this really fancy like Turkish tea and uh, and a waiter comes by asking if they want more coffee like with a regular old diner style coffee carafe like completely out of place and and they, they're talking to each other like is that Bill Murray? Is that, <laughs> is that the actor Bill Murray? And they call him and, and it's so Bill Murray's playing the character of the actor Bill Murray researching a character of a <laughs> diner waiter, but he's way too dressed down for the super fancy tea house, and he's completely recognizable. And then the Jizz and Rizzas just have a conversation with him about how hip hop and music in general is a lot like medicine, and they start prescribing him. <laughs> Chemicals to gargle in his mouth for his cough, <laughs> for a smoker's cough. It is, it's completely, it's completely insane. But that's like that's what a lot of it is like. Like, the, like the Iggy Pop and Tom Waits scene. They meet for coffee because it, their agent sets them up. But they they know about each other. But they, the undertone of the conversation, they completely have zero respect for each other musically. <laughs> <laughs> 
to spend zero amount of time with each other. And they, they, they both try to keep the conversation going. They're like, yeah, you don't like to go to the International House of Pancakes? And they don't yeah. say IHOP. They keep on saying International House of Pancakes. Who says that? <laughs> Tom Waits. Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, besides, it's just to be annoying, right? It's like, come on, hurry yeah. up. Who says, who says the, like, and that, and that's, I think that's the beauty of it, right? The subtext of the scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Are definitely, okay. All right. That's, but, that's, but, go ahead. Yeah. But then, like, there, there's other ones that are just, like, so subtly funny, like, like the one with the, the French woman, uh, and, and, and she's mad at the, the waiter because he's hitting on her and, <laughs> and he makes uh, he makes her coffee the wrong color by by adding more <laughs> when she had it perfect. And then halfway through I the scene, like you that. think it's just about this this like beautiful woman being annoyed in a coffee shop, and it pans down to the magazine she's like leafing through, and it's a gun catalog. <laughs> right, that's awkward. I <laughs> do can, remember it that. It completely takes you out of the scene. Yeah. Like, like it goes from innocent flirting yeah. and being annoyed to like, what? Why is she casing this catalog and what is she about to do next? Yeah, no, and yeah. it's it's a hard left too. I totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. I and the this, gun catalog always stood out for me. Like, like this is so fucking brilliant. You think you think this woman is just completely one way, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's just. I don't know. Maybe it's our Canadian. Maybe it's the Canadian in me, and like maybe, maybe a lot of hot chicks in the states leave through gun catalogs and yeah. coffee shops. I don't know. And maybe it's not. It's not part of our culture. <laughs> so who knows, right? Yeah, I totally, I totally get it. Well, okay. So like, with this, when you say this is one of those films, right? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to reinvent the wheel here. But do do you think it's like it's got a place in contemporary cinema, or is it because of its script and what comes off of it? and how it makes you feel like what, what, what's the end result that you would hope somebody who's never seen it. And you're like, this is why you need to see it. Right. Well, as the days go by, go on, especially with, with the cigarettes part, it, it's, it is every, every day that goes by, it gets more of its time. Like yeah, people don't drink, people don't enjoy coffee and cigarettes indoors anymore. No, uh, no. especially in a, in a cafe setting. Uh, but other like like yeah, what? It, it's just fun. The last the last one is is a bit of a downer, but it's kind of it's kind of like like a uplifting like it's a life and death story. It's def like the last one's definitely not a comedy, but <laughs> no, at the end I of vaguely it, remember it, but it's it, yeah. it didn't it left me not going ha ha ha. <laughs> Yeah, but, but then at the end of it, you're like, after these nine short films, you're like, oh, okay, like, like, yeah, the, the best way I can describe it is, is delightfully. Like, it, it feels, the whole set of them, after it, it feels uplifting. Uh, and it, it's just, it, it's a fun movie. It's just, you know, it's very funny at, at parts. And even even the sad the sad ones or, or the, the more downtoned ones, they still have a, an uplifting theme to them. I would I would also say that if perhaps you were looking to go somewhere where people really respect film and are hoity-toity about it, right? Like the haute couture film people, um, lack of a better word. 
uh, this would make you look a little bit more cooler, right? It's one of like not that that's an attempt to like to do yeah. something like that, but it is in that ballpark of like coffee and cigarettes gives you a little bit of street cred with watching, you know, not popcorn, not blockbuster, not your commercially successful movies. You're 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 watching art on the screen that just so happens to be a movie more than yeah, you're watching a, a movie. It's a good way to dip your toes into to film. Film. <laughs> film. film as as my as one of my mom's friends used to call it film. film. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, and it's like especially especially the parts where you know it's it's actors playing actors or actors playing themselves and then you know Spike Lee plays a version of himself in it like like the pretty much the only art house actor I mean art house director more art house than Jim Jarmusch which is Spike <laughs> Lee and he's in this Jim Jarmusch movie like it's it is it's definitely uh made for people who like to think they know a lot about movies. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So if you want to look like it or you think it, it whatever. If you haven't seen it, go yeah. do it. Go 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 back to 1993. All right. Yeah. Let's. If, uh, if you like oh. the Royal Tenenbaums. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's there's a bridge there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've got I've got to put that. I've got to put that disclaimer on there. <laughs> Just from now so, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything is prefaced with, with that. If you like the movie The Royal Tenenbaums, you might agree with what I'm about to say. <laughs> All right, warm up round over. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this shit. Um, you are the first person up, so we're going to explain this so that everybody knows what's coming next. Uh, this one can't comes from my love of food, and I know everybody loves food, but. I watch a lot of uh, chef shows and I like paying attention to food in movies. It's one of those things. I always like seeing if people eat the food, how much attention from, I guess it would be props. Yeah. Props would be the one who'd be doing the food in the scene um, is, is, you know, how much care is given to it. So um, the most important meal of the day pot. Well, <laughs> contrary to breakfast is your last meal, the pending last meal of your life. Um, so to make this one a little bit more fun, I decided to pick, you have to argue your last meal on death row. That's the scenario. You've committed a crime of sorts that have, that's put you on death row. You are allowed to pick your last meal, but for our show, um, we like to add flair and do over-the-top things. So you get to pick, let me bring up the list here so I don't fuck this up. Um, you get to pick whatever menu you want. It just has to be from a movie, f- food that's been in a movie. So if it's like a burger on screen and you think that burger looks great that's that's if you want to argue no name burger that's your choice um points are awarded for the crime uh menu options cooking style dining setup basically whatever the overall atmosphere is whatever environment you're creating uh you have to make up your menu the chef that cooks it and pick from movie food as much as possible animated or live action was allowed dan goldberg you have the floor tell us what your last meal would be Okay, well, the crime. You start with the crime. Yeah, let's start with the crime. Let's start with why you're there. Okay. That makes more sense, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the only thing, like, I'm not, I'm not a violent murderous person. Okay. So if I, the, the thing is, I'm thinking, like, if I get the death penalty, it's going to be 
accidental manslaughter, but like a lot of it. Like, <laughs> a lot of people are going to die from me doing something stupid. Okay. So the only thing I could think of that would be that hurt, like that could cause that much death and be that stupid that I do is, is probably some sort of model rocket or drone mishap. I, I don't own a drone, but <laughs> I, I could see if I did that I'd, I'd, per, I, I, like, I probably hurt people, not because I want to, but just because I'd be completely careless with it. Okay, so let me just set a scene here and see if I'm picking up what you're putting down. You take a big old commercial drone out, going out for some sort of thing where you need a drone. Yeah, I'm shooting, like, a stupid thing for Instagram. Like, okay. I don't know. Like, you're, yeah. okay. And then, say, this drone, like, hits a power line, and then that power line falls over into a building and electrocutes, like, a thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or okay. yeah, I was I was thinking uh I was thinking like, hey, uh, you know, let's like let's let's film this thing like near the airport because there's a lot of fields there. And okay. boom right right into a, a Boeing engine. And their yeah. engines are so stable as is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. All right, so that's your crime. You've accidentally killed a plane full of people with a drone flying it too close to the airport while trying to shoot some sort of Instagram, look at me, look at me video. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw a good Instagram challenge. I think I'll, I'll try. Uh, it's for uh, you, you sit in a lawn chair with a with a Coke bottle about 10 feet away. Okay. And you just try and, and lob a Mentos in, into the mouth of the Coke bottle from 10 feet away. And then if you get it in and it sprays up, you got to stop it with your mouth. That's a new <laughs> so Instagram that, challenge? That's the one I try with the drone. Oh, and, that's... Uh, I kill a lot of people accidentally. <laughs> I get the death penalty, and uh, and then my last meal would be. And then, the and then, guy... thirty years later, you finally die. <laughs> yes, because yes. it's a slow, painful walk on the mile. Yeah, um, I don't want to die. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but like you, negligence has caused you to 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 have to take one for to to, to be taken out. So what? What do yeah, you? Yeah, it would be a lot of it would be a lot of people. Like it would be one plane that hits another plane that hits another plane that hits another plane. Oh, oh, okay. So okay, so yeah, this would be very yeah, roadrunner like, coyote. Okay, so like, they'd be like, Dad, like we know you didn't do this on purpose. We know you're not that guy, but like look at all the people that died. Like, like dude, like, yeah, something's got to happen. Sorry, but we like yeah. you, but like you can't. You, you you're not you're not Donald Trumping this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, and yeah. Not Teflon Donnie. <laughs> All right, so uh, comes the time for the chair, the needle. Um, if I don't know where you are, if they still hang people, I'm, I, don't, I don't know anything about the subject. And they say, what do you want for your last meal, son? So I go, okay, you remember the movie Uncle Buck? Fuck yes, 80s? I do. And the birthday pancake scene with the bir- <laughs> with the pancakes so big that they had to be flipped with a shovel. And that's what I want for my last meal. And this wasn't in the movie, but I'm going to assume it was there because it was a big breakfast. Would be uh, giant ostrich omelets and and uh, foot long bacon or bacon by the foot, like foot <laughs> by the foot, but bacon. Okay. And maybe I just invented that in my head. Yes, you did. But, that, but it's amazing. Those those would go along with the meal. <laughs> to be okay, so hang on here. So let's 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 get let's put in context what it actually is there, which is I believe four to six small mini Cooper sized pancakes. Um, yeah, they like yeah, they were each about like like about twenty inches wide. Oh, easy, yeah. easy, small yeah. child, right? 
And uh, actually, let me just point out, you picked breakfast. I love that, right? Breakfast for yeah. dinner? Breakfast for your last meal? Breakfast for any meal is the best meal. That's why I, they... I, I, I think we, I think we, as the internet, have come around to this in the last few years. And I think, I think everyone in, in, the, in the Western or, or, or civilized or intelligent world has figured out that, that breakfast is the ultimate meal. It is. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, so we're agreed on that. Oh, so it's going to be breakfast so. for whenever it happens but um just to paint a picture here for for anybody who hasn't seen the movie um so we have 20 inch round pancakes but then around the base of the pancakes are like some fairly big sausages like he's got like a like it looks like a concert oh, stadium yeah, and the yeah. sausages are like the people right up against the stage and uh and like i th- i don't know probably eight eight to ten pounds of butter <laughs> Like that brick of butter in the middle of of the lava flowing syrup, like it just—they're probably they're, like you know that they're not going to be that great at that size, but they're still going to be that great covered in that much butter and syrup. But I like I was like Macaulay Culkin is like about four or five years older than me, so I was about I was just about about as old as Macaulay Culkin's character would have been in that movie, and I saw that movie when it came out. And I'm like, and no birthday has ever lived up to that birthday. <laughs> and like my parents, not, not to say that my parents ever gave me everything in the world that I could have ever wanted, but they didn't. They didn't give me that, and I did. I did want that. They totally <laughs> dropped the ball. Giant pancakes man. for one birthday <laughs> that never happened. And so I'm putting it out there in the world, and so I can manifest, uh, you know, be the change I want to see. <laughs> Put it out there, buddy. Put it. Be the secret. But, but once I saw that when I was like that age, that that was indelibly marked, indelibly marked in my brain. Like that's something I want is giant birthday pancakes. <laughs> and I think that's the universal like go to, like chocolate chip or yeah. blueberry, whatever. But like birthday pancakes is like a breakfast cake, essentially, right? Pancake yeah. cake, right? All kind of makes sense. But what's more important about all of this is the two things you said that I did not expect coming. Did you say ostrich egg omelet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that a thing? It's gotta be it's gotta be big well, it's gotta be big eggs to go with the big pancakes. Oh okay, so you're okay, you're going okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um what would you have in this omelet? I think I think it's I'm gonna rescind the omelet, make it sunny side up so we can see the the girth of these eggs. Oh yeah, that would be and then and then crack them over top like like Break the yolk over top of the pancakes after, and you know nature's gravy. See, see now, now we're working together. Why is this a debate? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, see this one. I know where this one's going to go, no matter what, and it's about creating the most appetizing last dance before you got to bite the bullet, right? So it isn't so much about yeah. proving wrong. The other one is about proving wrong. Like clearly, one of the guys didn't pick the best um, uh, disaster action movie on the last episode, right? Because I, I don't want to give away the movie. Go listen to the episode. But um, so there was a definitive answer there. But this one's going to be more about the um, the the sensory, style. the style, right? Yeah, style yeah. points. Yeah, you're totally right here. So, All right. Um, but then you said <laughs> bacon by the foot. Explain how that yeah. would come, please. <laughs> I, I don't know how it would happen, but like I'm just envisioning like, Fruit by the foot, like fruit by the foot gum, 
but like just bacon in a, in a nice roll. My <laughs> so can, yeah. My, like... I don't want to see the pig that would come from, but it's, <laughs> it's some sort of... Uh, it's some sort of humane technology can make that happen. <laughs> if they could somehow ribbon pork belly. <laughs> if you can make a line in the factory that just takes yeah. that portion of the pig off the line, does whatever you want, then you get like a twelve ninety nine foot of bacon. Exactly. Like, okay, let's figure out a COVID-19 vaccine. Let's do that. Yes. Fine. I get it. Priority one. <laughs> After that, like, <laughs> can we make second bacon by the foot, please? Somebody yeah. make it. I, uh, I can't believe America hasn't like they've got chicken in a can, a full chicken that's been dunked in some they've sort got of it. liquid. I've got it. <laughs> they have chicken in a can. They have cheese in a can. Yeah. I have like cheese in the can in my house. Whenever I can, when I can cross the border oh, again, cheese is so good, so good, so yeah. good. It good straight at three in the morning when you're drunk. Can you, you not just... get it in Canada? Nope. Because you know, like, come to think of it, I've only bought it in the U.S. You cannot get, excuse me, you cannot get that cheese in a can like the like comes out like perfectly formed star shape uh, in Canada. Probably because the government cares about us. I think that might be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's fair. I I know. No sir. No sir. No, no kind of aerosol cheese. I could ever be good for me. Like, can you imagine? Can you just imagine for one second, like somebody coming to Canada from another country, and they're like, and, and like, if we did have it in in the country, they'd be like, okay, so wait a minute, let me get this straight. You have cheese in a can that's not even real cheese, available for consumption, and free healthcare. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, what? that's vertical marketing. That's that's unethical. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like yeah. you're gonna bankrupt your country if you allow. And like, well, I mean, I I I love all different walks of people, but if you're gonna look at statistics, like there are certain nations that just have a morbid obesity issue more than the other. But that's you know mostly because fast food chains are a dime a dozen in the states. But, um, anyways. Half of this debate was about half of this conversation was about uh, informing the people what you would eat. The other half was who the fuck would cook it for you. Well, okay, so well, what's Uncle Buck's theme? Uh, they don't need to cook it, but I really want them there to, to party yeah, with me. Is, totally. uh, is Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman? Uh, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> they they were in the scene together, and I think I think they'd be fun to. Uh, to, to enjoy pancakes with before my last meal, but but I think I think specifically it would go well. They they they'd have fun with my cooks too, and they would be Floyd and Radimus, uh, the cooks from the movie Waiting, portrayed <laughs> by Dane Cook and Louise Guzman. <laughs> now, and, uh, <laughs> now, now there is there is a part of that movie, and, and I know if this was a live debate, this would come up is. Oh yeah, it's the the seasoning. The seasoning. Scene oh, where yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. Oh, back yeah, yeah. Hang on, before and, we we need to set some 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 scene here yeah. for those who haven't seen it. So waiting um, for those who have missed on one of the two thousands, one of the comedy classics, specifically for hospitality staff. Um, it's about basically a day in a restaurant, kind of like a chain, you know, like a Applebee's or something and all of the gross, weird party aspects of working in a restaurant in each position. 
we are referring to the head chef and I guess his sous chef, right? Yeah. Luis being the head and Dane being the sous. So carry on. So there, there's a scene where, where a root customer sends back a steak and, <laughs> and they make it perfect for the customer. And by that, they, <laughs> they just put it down the cooking line and everyone adds like, like just gross shit. Like, like spit or snot There's... dandruff to it. It's it's pretty it's a pretty gross scene. But they only do that for difficult customers. And the thing is, I'm not paying. It's just pancakes. <laughs> and I know what they're capable of. I won't be difficult. We're just gonna have a good time. They're not gonna need okay. to de- to contaminate my food. Okay, so so um I'm confident in their in their cooking skills until you turn on them. <laughs> but I think I'll be on their good side. I I agree. Like you're you're yeah, you're a great guy. You're good good friend. Like there's you're not there isn't a laundry list of things one could say, Oh, hanging out with that guy, you know, he's gonna piss me off because and you know, don't fuck with the people who give you your food. You you hang around exactly. in enough comedy clubs and hospitality staff, like you know don't be a dick to the people who, who who have access to their bodily fluids within inches of your food. Um, but wh- where <laughs> I <laughs> where does the bat wing come into play in all this? Okay, yeah. So so then yeah, the goat part, tail, I guess perhaps? part of the, part of the, the celebration is <laughs> like I'm I'm looking at this as a celebration of the end of my my life as a celebration yeah. of my life, like a living wake yeah. where we eat pancakes and then we play uh, the penis game. <laughs> and, and, What's and the penis where, game? Tell everybody what the penis so, game is. So in in the movie Waiting, like one of the themes is is there's a game where where like you show your penis or your balls to the other player, to the other a game. people you work with in, a, in various configurations. And then say something. We we could change the the, the saying because it's it's not uh, it's not very accepting by today's standards. But then uh, nah, once you catch somebody looking at your job, but okay. No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That, that was only like twelve years ago. It's probably yeah. a bad word back then too. But you don't have to call anybody <laughs> names. You just kick them in the butt. Yeah. Uh, if they see your if they see your dick and uh, and they, there is a scene. So and then that's 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 where Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman come in. Now, now of course, uh, you know everyone everyone gives full consent. You're gonna tell them the penis game will be played. If you see somebody's dick or balls, uh, they get to kick you in the butt. And so we have the, the meal would have to be at Shenanigans, the restaurant. Obviously, from, from waiting because that's that's the oh, whole okay. Core no, of hang the on penis here. Game. Um. Okay. All right. Yes, I'm just confirming my with my my made up rules. Yes, you can create what it is your last meal, so you could probably get some sort of like twenty four hour release to go. Yeah, because you accidentally be killed people. You weren't malice because, in your intent. Because you have all the nooks and crannies, like like that is where the penis game is meant to be played. <laughs> um, in prison, yes. And then, and then, yeah. So Macaulay Culkin, like he seems like a cool guy. I bet he'd be down, you know. And like the thing is, it's not mandated. It's like in the course of the party. Like you sneak up on somebody and you just happen to show yeah. them your dick or balls in okay. various configurations. Um, can and then, I yeah, can I make an observation? We're, we're in, yeah. Um, I think Macaulay Culkin, from you know previous experience, totally be fine showing his dick and balls. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, if we know anything about then, Michael Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> just 
you know, I mean, not that that's appropriate or right, but I'm just saying you might not have a hard time convincing that kid to play the game, not not to look at it, but just to play the game. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> and then Gabby Hoffman would be completely down, like she she. she because there's a there's an angry vagina scene in waiting where yes. the woman where a woman wins the game by showing her hair, <laughs> angry hairy muff and I've seen a few episodes of Girls with Gabby Hoffman and uh, I'm not saying that Gabby Hoffman has an angry muff but her muff could play an angry muff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I haven't seen her muff but by just acting standards probably an angry muff. <laughs> All right okay. Okay, this is this is this is just, I gotta I gotta be responsible here for a second. Okay, so yeah, let's, let's okay let's let's treat people nicely and be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to summarize here, actually, you summarize. Let's let's make this some sort of competition here, shall we? Um, here's your here's your final minute. You've explained your meal. You've explained your case as to why this would be fun. Um, any other points that you feel that you have missed? Oh, maybe some some orange juice. Some orange juice. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, some orange juice to, to wash it all down. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Okay, great. No, that's that's awesome. Um, well, uh, <laughs> with pulp. With pulp. I, I don't care. Yeah, we can start a debate. <laughs> we can start a debate over that. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the with pulp pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love how you like you made an effort with pulp, like like the most yeah. over the top ridiculous no, no, breakfast, is... but with pulp. <laughs> well, yeah, the orange juice has that pulp. Like that's does I, it though? Yeah, I, I, that's the stance I'm going to take on that. And uh, why does it... I will literally die on that mountain? <laughs> you, oh wow, that's a yeah. fuck. Okay, but why yeah. though? Why why pulp? I don't like pulp, but why pulp? Are we going to start talking pulp versus no pulp? You know, chunky versus this creamy peanut butter like oh, like these God. are divisive issues these these are um yeah. in the end though it's just all pulp fiction <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's my dad joke that's, i know it's showing. that's a tasty that's a tasty pod that's a tasty <laughs> pulp <laughs> i hope i don't i don't know what chris picked i haven't talked can to him I, about it yet but can um... i get some orange juice to wash down this tasty <laughs> birthday pancake <laughs> <laughs> oh, your juxtaposition is makes me smile. That's amazing. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, thank you for uh, for your presentation, sir. It's uh, it's you're leading, although um, there that that's whoever goes first always leads. Oh yeah, I'm on the bubble. You're on the bubble. Yeah, totally. Um, so this time, I I promise everybody, I will record who uh, wins at the end of the episode. I forgot to do that on the last one, so. Uh, I was like, well, how do we make this fun? So right now, um, everybody's allowed to vote online for it till tomorrow. So I, I'm pretty sure I have my mind made up. But if anybody kind of wants to throw a different perspective after they've listened to the episode, then uh, we're going to we're going to include that in the decision making. But uh, for anybody listening right now, you will have me explaining who won and why at the end of this. So my apologies to you for that bad, bad podcast host I am. Dan Goldberg, it's been a fucking blast as always. Take care. Have a great rest of your week. And uh, it's good to hear Take care, Mike. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye.
Hello. How you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Um, fucking hot. <laughs> the, Feeling that. The yeah. the have, have we have we noticed that the temperature has changed just slightly? I mean, a smidge, a tad. Are you are you lucky enough to have air conditioning? Um, if you call. Oh boy. What? A, a portable air conditioner on top of my fridge venting out my window air conditioning, then yes. Do you know why I call that? I'll, I'll tell you, yes, I agree with you on that, but that's because I am in the same boat as you. I have one in my bedroom. <laughs> so we are we are of the generation that uh, doesn't have a place with central air. <laughs> We Better are, than nothing. But, but we're not complaining. There's lots of other things to complain about besides a 500,000 BTU. Is it? Would it be? No, it'd be 500 BTUs. I think that's the the measurement. That's a work term, anyways. But that's the measurement of how like air conditioners work. And I love how they're always like they will definitely do one room, right? Like that's that is the bare minimum you will accept out of an air conditioner, and they advertise that way. Yep. Uh, and and they don't mean an entire studio, unfortunately. <laughs> Even if it is just one room, <laughs> right? Like, I think you should write a letter. You should be like, I'm in one room, <laughs> and I'm pretty certain that your air conditioner said it could do the whole room, and you're lying. You're like cheese whiz. You're not real. It's it's terribly disappointing. <laughs> but we we soldier on. And we put up with it because we have such a short window here in Manitoba of summer that uh, that there's really not much to complain about. I think if we were like people from Arizona or Texas or something, right? Like then oh, yeah. when your roads are melting and your signs are bending <laughs> over. Well, plus our summer is so short, we tend to spend more of it out of the house anyway. So. Yeah, we're 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 a fest. We were a festival province. We'll be back to being a festival it's province here. one day. Hang on, I'm just going to bring your volume up here. Um, okay, there we go. So um, let's 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 do. Uh, this is the warm up round. I've affectionately coined this the like this is stretching, getting your body limber for the big match. So so it really it's just a way to get us talking, but we're not going to fully admit that. <laughs> so. So your your little mini question of the week. Uh, let me just bring up the trusty iPod here. Um, and I mean, I've I've been making this list concurrently, and I usually find myself like running into like, okay, I've already asked that. I'm just asking it a different way. So I try to make them as concise and simple as possible, which I'm not neither. So uh, it's fun for me. So this one comes from the fact that the I I think personally. Uh, you can tell me what you think, but I love a good, like, what the fuck moment in a movie. Definitely. Right? Like, if not for saving the movie from a very boring point, or if not for, like, Christopher Nolan putting 20 of them in, right? <laughs> like, But, like, like, a good what the fuck moment, um, be it, like, at the end or the beginning, like prime example. Can you agree? Usual suspects. Sure. In fact, I think we could go as far as to say without researching it, that that if you Google the list of like top 10, what the fuck movies, usual suspects going to be on at least eight of them. I would think so. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you about 
went like one of your because you, you we're all fucking cinephilia cinephiles and so i'm sure our lists are long do you side tangent um when you meet somebody <laughs> and, and i i have learned that when you're in a relationship you you learn to tone things down and god bless her for teaching me this but i will go <laughs> hard in the paint when it comes to explaining a movie um and when i when shauna like she's like just get to the fucking point are you like that with other people um i don't think so okay but i would need to probably verify that uh, <laughs> i tend to be relatively high level mostly because i respect people's desire to not have anything spoiled okay so you with you you hold back i try okay and I'm not somebody who gets crazy if somebody drops a spoiler on me, but I also know how little information I need to feel like, oh, now I'm going to see something coming. <laughs> see, I'm going to I'm going to tie this into what we're talking about because people have a tendency to burn the what the fuck moment when they explain a movie to you. Exactly. Right? You're like, okay, you, I want a cherry, and now I'm full on a Sunday, <laughs> and. I like you agree. I'm like, you know, spoil a little bit for me, like sell me. Right. And, and I made the conscious decision this year to try to be sold less by, you know, what's the teaser trailer going to do. Although this morning, while I was, I was on Twitter and, uh, as you do and tenant trailer came out. <laughs> so have See, you, I, I saw, I heard the news. I ignored it. I choice. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you're not enticed by that. I'm not. I've gotten to. I've. I've gone to an extreme. I've gotten to the point where, when I was seeing movies in theaters, and I would arrive early because that's what I do, I would put my headphones on for trailers and not look at the screen. Oh, for shame! So many trailers are ruining their own what the fuck moments. And I'm done with it. Oh, I get it now. Okay. All right. So, yes. No, I, I concur, Doctor. That definitely is true because it seems that we are losing more and more of our attention span as we evolve as these two-legged beasts. And so movie trailers are adapting and putting more and more what-the-fuck moments in the trailers. That's the thing. And I'm going to see every movie anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're not fighting for my dollar. You, all they're doing is ruining it. I don't want to cut you off, but you're you're coming, you're fading out a little bit. On oh no! That's perfect. Whatever you just all did, right. there it is. Money shot. Um, yeah, and I and I so okay. So you're a little more like me too, where like, um, it's <laughs> like you'll see anything and you'll try to love everything, and you're like the world's worst critic because you can't really give shit for something because you try to see the good in it. Would you? Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, which is another reason why. You see all the movies. <laughs> well, also just that I don't, I don't often passionately um, sort of get behind a particular movie when explaining it to a person because I know I like horrible movies and I like uh, good movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you're not reliable, but it's not because you have bad taste. You have yeah. lots of taste. <laughs> exactly. Like I can like a bad movie for being a bad movie. 
Oh, totally. But yeah. I, I'm not expecting to convince everyone else. So let's then let's let's get to your what the fuck moment. And I I outlined this in the way that it wasn't necessarily like what the fuck or what the fuck or what the fuck <laughs> like it what the fuck moment is is i think a hard left or a hard right if we're going to go try to define it in a movie that you don't see coming at all and takes you either it's either a hard right with the plot or a hard right with a character death it's like a it's it's a george r r martin game of thrones in the middle of the movie <laughs> so um with that defined slightly, I guess, uh, what's your what the fuck moment? <laughs> well, I, I took it from the aspect of this is not how I expected this to go. Ah. Um, so I, I will say that clearly I'm a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Um, and as such, I very much enjoyed the end of Infinity War. Where Thanos just wins. He just wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just leave a big superhero movie where the villain wins. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I've ruined it for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, do you, I live by two weeks. If you're, a real hard mo- <laughs> if you're a hard movie buff and you're listening to podcasts, two weeks is more than enough time. A month max if it's like big embargo, Star Wars, Marvel kind of thing. That's 20, 28 days. There you go. Well, we are well through that, and yes. I think a lot of people have done a ton of catching up in the past couple of months with <laughs> content. So. so, so what specifically? Because, like, were you? That's I'm I I collected Marvel comic cards. Do you remember those at all? Vaguely. Okay, they 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 were it was like a hockey card, but it was like yeah. stats for a superhero. Um, and that's what. I transitioned into comics that way. I didn't go straight at them. Uh, was the ending part of anything in the series that you could have saw coming, or were you completely what the fuck? Well, I I am a fan of the the cinematic universe. I am not up to date with everything in terms of the actual Infinity oh, War. Sorry, I didn't. Ran. I didn't mean the comic series. I just meant like the lore behind it, right? Like we know enough lore you don't really you, you didn't have to read the comic well, books to answer the question i guess is what i was trying to avoid <laughs> i i assumed there would be some big sort of like monumental moment okay and that it would lead into the second movie but i just i was i just kind of oh that's gonna well i'm gonna say it anyway i kind of just marveled <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah. <laughs> at their choice, just kind of the way they wrapped it up. Because unlike a lot of movies that are leading into that cliffhanger, that are really like, they stop you right on the moment of action. Kind of. Yeah. They like, they're like, here we go. I don't know if you saw Alita battle angel. No, I, speaking of everything that's, (laughs) yeah, but, but it ends in a moment where it's like, okay, now I'm ready to, I'm just about to take action on what should be the sequel. Yeah. And you're that, just uh, like cut off. It, it you know what? I, first of all, can you can you try and think of how many conversations around the conference table or <laughs> at Infinity Manor 
um, how many times they were like, where do we end this? What scene do we end it in? Oh, I feel I feel like they must have known early on. Oh, I'm I'm sure they did, but I'm just saying the back, like in theory, the back and forth between do we end it as soon as the the snap happens and then all of the important people are gone and that's it, or do because like, it it did carry right, like it didn't just end right there. But I know what you're saying, like it ended on that scene, but specifically when you say you know cutting off on the end would would cutting it right off after the last sprinkles of Avengers fall into the air be where you cut it? Would that make it more or less intense? I think it would make it much worse. Okay, Infinity War can end on its own with just that's the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe forever. Yeah. It would be a complete story beginning to end. They lost. You see Thanos enjoying his paradise. Yeah. You ignore the post credit scene that is obviously teasing <laughs> Endgame. Yeah. Hard. And it's just done. You just are left to imagine the remaining people picking up the pieces and that all of <clears throat> the other folks are just vanished from the universe. And there isn't necessarily, like, they aren't in media's rays. They aren't, like, in the middle of chasing Thanos down when it cuts. Yeah. Okay. They, they have a that. complete ending in Thanos looking out over his paradise and being like, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, check that box. <laughs> Called half like of Earth. Every character reaches an end. <laughs> that. OK, I, I can see how that like I, I, I can I can literally see that. And I can agree with you that that would be it. The fan backlash. I don't think. Um, Iger would have lived. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, Iger and Feige would have been in a lot of trouble. Everybody else has has. I was leaving the theater with people just distraught. Really, they had watched Peter Parker come to terms with his mortality in like fifteen seconds, <laughs> and the movie ends two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, like Tom Holland nailed that. That <sighs> is heart-wrenching watching Peter Parker disintegrate. It is because it's right as the relationship between Peter and Tony reach, like Tony can tolerate Peter, right? And father-son dynamic there, right? That makes that scene ten times more heart-wrenching. And then they just dropped the mic on the movie and walked away for a year. (laughs) Yep, peace. I'm out. This is, but yeah, we're there good. were audible people being like, "That can't is this? It can't be over." Yeah, <laughs> it really is it that just no, that can't no, that can't be it, right? Like that <laughs> that's somebody who was like, "We should go see Infinity War tonight, honey." <laughs> They've never seen anything else. Yeah, right. They just, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> they, like, they did a good job of making it feel final, even though anyone with any hint of knowledge of what what is happening cinematically with the contracting and everything else oh, shit. knows. But <laughs> I mean, if you were really just following a significant other into a movie, you just watched all the good guys. Well, half the good guys just vanish and they rolled credits. It, no, it's it. I think, I think Endgame is one of the most perfect movies ever made personally. And it, when I say perfect, I don't mean like cinematically 
technically perfect. I just mean in all of the ways that you make a movie, everything I think was done superbly. And and how it's still like you still see the odd article online where they're like, still trying to pick apart Endgame <laughs> and Infinity War like a year or two later, and you're like, just leave it alone, man. Like you know, <laughs> everything can be picked apart, but like leave, le- just let this one go. You know. I think there are very few people who would argue it wasn't a very satisfying movie, even if it was just. If it was cliched, if it was kind of overdone, it was still extremely satisfying as as that two part series. I I again I concur with you, Doctor. All right, I think I'm warm. I'm stretched. I'm limber. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. All right. Good. Okay. Um, so um, basically, you know the debate. I've already explained it. But uh, do you have any questions before we before we commence? Anything you would like to um, uh, clarify? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. I I will just disclaim though that in this instance, I I can't necessarily say that I'm in it to win it. These were just my <laughs> honest answers for how I would want it to go down. So there's no strategy. There's no, how do I absolutely have the best answer? It's legit. Just if I have to go out, this is how you're going out. (laughs) We'll see who agrees. All right. Let me just get a, I'm getting really pasty here. So let me just go grab my glass of juicy juice and I'll be right back. I really love that Crystal Light has decided powder is bullshit. Liquid is the way to go with all these juice mixes. No reason not to. Right? Seriously. What the fuck? And just to reply to what you, you know, you're, you're, you're half in, half out on this. Um, I feel that honesty might win this one. And this one's less like uh, the last episode where you really had to define things. This one's more about the passion and the creativity behind it. Like not all of them are about like concrete facts. I've noticed. So this one's about, Hey, like, what can you, what what kind of a picture can you create with this idea? So, um, (laughs) I'm just reading this back again after you'd sent it to me today. It was a great laugh at work. I was like, all right, great. So, uh, instead you, you should explain this more than I should because I don't think I, I, I wouldn't do it justice. So what is, first of all, what is your crime? Why are you on death row? What have you done? Okay. So obviously, I refuse to participate unless there's some deep level of research that I can do, which in this case included looking through different legal documentation for the laws <laughs> in California, <laughs> specifically. What the fuck so else ended are you up getting do? me nowhere. Yeah, I did, I learned very little. What I did learn it was my desperate attempt to figure out how you can actually get put on death row. <laughs> How does one get to death row? Well, assuming you're not murdering anyone, it really cuts down the options. I mean, there are some three strike states where, you know, if you just do three felonies in a row, yeah, your you ass can is... end up on death row. Yeah. But I would like to just assume this is a one-time error of judgment. You know, I haven't turned to a life of crime. It but, just so happened. But your error in judgment was big. Well, 
I mean, you gotta, right? Like, if you're going to break into a movie theater <laughs> so that you can see a movie and make yourself some popcorn, right? Because you've got to do it right. And then since everything is digitally sent to theaters, I'm sure it's easy to figure out how to hack into, you know, more than just Sony's emails. <laughs> What's more interesting than Sony's emails? Please tell us. <laughs> Oh, well, it would be downloading, you know, a copy of Tenet, as you mentioned, yes. from the Warner Brothers uh, big database of movies. But it would seem that, unfortunately, I also downloaded some U.S. military secrets. Fucking Edward thus Snowden. Thus making me guilty of espionage. <laughs> I may have also forgotten to turn off the popcorn maker and burned down the theater for no real additional reason. <laughs> and as you said, when you do it, fucking do it. Do it well, right? Well, that's, that's the thing. Because I might, I wouldn't have gotten caught otherwise. But when the fire truck shows up, you know, Maybe. when they have to evacuate all of Grant Park Mall. <laughs> Good choice. Landmark scattering theater scattering everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so, so I understand. Uh, breaking and entering, right? That's that's mm-hmm. breaking into the Warner Brothers database. Which can you imagine what well, that? That's, that would be the theater. Actually. Oh, the theater. Sorry. Okay, we want we want to assign what crime to what penalty to what mm-hmm. charge? Uh, petty mm-hmm. theft. That's the downloading. Oh, that's actually the popcorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a gut laugh. <laughs> I shouldn't have been holding it when they came to arrest me. Right, because there's there's no one here making it, so obviously you took it. And when, but when was I going to get more? Like, obviously, this this was going to be my last popcorn for a while. Pretty much, yeah. So go go out in a blaze of popcorn, Uh, arson for this is burning down said movie theater with the popcorn machine. Well, yes. Okay. Oil oil is a tricky, tricky thing. Was you having a campfire in the movie theater for some reason? just that popcorn maker it, it, it has to run on oil <laughs> i feel like your crime took place in dr parnassus's brain uh, <laughs> if you just leave the popcorn machine unattended while you try and watch all of the christopher nolan movie it's going to take a while <laughs> okay and then espionage obviously for downloading military secrets okay all right so we've got the Please. crime covered and oftentimes um cyber crimes such as you know internationally hacking into a Warner Brothers database would also fall sort of under a guise of espionage, but on its own, that's not usually enough to get you death row. So yeah. I had to accidentally also pick up some military secrets. And then like copy them five times or something. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's got spreading. Well, they just, you, it might surprise you to believe this, but in the inevitable trial, they had a hard time believing that I was just trying to watch tennis. <laughs> this isn't about Nolan. There's more to this. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be about one of the greatest filmmakers of the 20th century. There's, it's deeper. <laughs> exactly. All right, cool. So, like I said, crime down. Now, the whole purpose of one of the biggest treats on death row is the last meal. So, And I was hoping somebody was going to pick this. I was just fucking hoping because it's one of the best on-screen feasts um so please tell us now what are you eating what are you gorging on before they put the needle in i 
I'm sitting down to the imaginary feast from Hook. <laughs> looky, looky, I got hooky. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's because it's now here. Oh, oh, man. Dan, Dan was on top. Dan was on top. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you yet what Dan said. Cause I, I changed my mind. I wasn't going to tell you guys like what each other said, but I was like, no, this is way more fun. If we let each other know <laughs> fucking Martin, love you, buddy. But, um, so, okay. Explain yours first and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my answer. What is in your imaginary feast? So because we actually, both get no, you to... know what we, we need, okay. we, we just need to go over what's in the scene i feel because that's a, like that is one of robin williams and dustin hoffman's greatest movies both of them right like i sure. i did and it's it's such a great combination of the disney version and the story version like the storybook with wendy and and like the the, the beginning part of the movie going back to the orphanage in london and all that stuff um but for those of you who haven't seen hook and there you know by hook or by crook there may be a couple of you um, the scene that she's about to describe is um, there's the Lost Boys, and they've taken Robin Williams's character Peter Panning, which is so great, and uh, they're trying to feed him, and the only way he can get fed is if he imagines a feast in front of him, and then out of nowhere he starts to get his powers back to being Peter Pan, and what do we see, Danielle? Oh, we see everything. We see a strange mix of everything because right? there's some very beautiful, realistic food. There's like a, a roasted chicken that's there. There's oh. some delicious looking oh. produce that's there. And then there's just some colored goop. Right. It also <laughs> somehow looks like the most delectable Play-Doh you could ever want to eat. Right. Oh, my God. Like how many parents had to make colored goop for weeks after that movie came out? <laughs> oh. um. And sure, it devolves into a food fight. Oh, of course. But in between, it's literally anything you could imagine. Yeah. And you just have to, and that's, it's simply that. And that's what's so great and childlike about it. So in your imaginary feast, what are you eating? Well, I, I'm being served, um, by, by my chef of choice. And that is who? That would be Sasha Tran, <laughs> who was played by Ali Wong in Always Be My Maybe. What's that movie that about? up on Netflix. So... Oh, um, is that the one where she's a chef and she meets a guy? Like, it's kind of like a romantic comedy? It is. Okay. So, she, Ali Wong and Randall Park have been friends since childhood. She kind of grows up to be this celebrity chef, uh, and he kind of continues yes. his mediocre life, and their paths cross again, and it's a will-they-won't-they they sort of going on featuring... A, a wonderful cameo by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I want Keanu to cameo my life once a year. That would make me complete. <laughs> it, well, it, it's a lot of fun. And and it's just, it's it's a light, silly movie. Um, but it does feature some wonderful Asian culture and food, which is something that I, I would like to show up on my imaginary table. Oh, you're going out in style lady. Um, yeah. now, what kind of chef is she just to, like, she's, when you say celebrity chef, I'm imagining like someone I'm going to see on say the kitchen or the chew. Strangely enough, not, not as much. 
she is more of of just a, a I suppose I should say like almost a celebrity restaurant Oh, okay, okay. Her so some, food okay. and her catering is just it's all the rage. Ah. Um and she primarily focuses on Asian fusion. She's a top chef. Yeah, kind of. Perfect. Or a master chef yeah. or whatever, right? One of the I get it. I totally get it. Somebody who's come up in their scene and is a rock and roll in their scene. Okay. Exactly. Although for some reason she is on red carpets in the movie. Let's not ask too many questions. <laughs> Sometimes we want to be taken away. Yeah. What's she making? Well, I, I assume she can make anything that I imagine what with that's kind of the entire crux of the situation. <laughs> so really, I just have to think and then all of a sudden, poof, she'll make it. I mean... I wished for more wishes. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what else do you do with three wishes? One of them is definitely up your wish count. Exactly. So, I mean, we're starting simple. We're starting traditional. She's going to feel real comfortable. We're going to do just some simple Asian appetizers. You know, my my childhood favorites from my grandmother. So we've got some, some Anari, which is a Japanese... Uh, Basically, it's what we used to call rice bags, which sounds super appetizing. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm a huge Asian, and I, I love the cuisine. So yeah, so some of those, some dumplings, <sighs> maybe some ramen, just just to you know really get the get the ball rolling, right? Let's get the ball rolling with umami. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And so you know, gonna enjoy all of that, and and maybe. Some goop salad. I, I it's hard to know what will pop into my mind at that exact moment. Goop salad. Is that a Gwyneth Paltrow reference? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh, now I don't want it. And it's a, fine. I'll imagine it away. Does your does your dinner <laughs> like smell like a vagina, like one of her candles? Is that what we're getting? <laughs> no, it smells like a, a jade egg. <laughs> smells a like gently a... used jade. No. <laughs> Does it? Does this dish smell like a coffee enema? <laughs> oh. Smells like heresy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to shit on your goop. <laughs> but okay, what yeah. what is is goop is goop soup a thing? Is that right? Is that? Oh well, no, that's not an Asian thing. That's just oh, that's from a reference. Okay, you're okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I well, I, when you said that I it mean, was your grandmother's cuisine, I didn't want to knock it. <laughs> No, to be fair, there were some some delicious pounded rice soup that we did have, but I could see somebody calling goop soup. <laughs> okay, and unfortunately, fair I'm Canadian enough to not have the right names for 90% of the stuff I want to eat, so it's very useful that I just have to imagine it. Okay, okay, I get it. And right. Ali Wong will show up with a tray of it. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's whatever, here you go. Yeah. Um, all right, so great great way to start. Um, then, And then you've got some other items on here too um restaurant chicken fingers family restaurant chicken fingers is that like a specific like when you say family restaurant chicken fingers i imagine like a mom and pop restaurant or like is this a family like is this your family and they had they made chicken fingers oh no 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 i am i am talking about like a garbage chain i'm talking straight up like applebee's chicken fingers. oh my god like sobey's off the truck, thrown in the deep fryer onto the plate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. Hockey rink chicken fingers. <laughs> yeah, 
Absolutely. <laughs> the ones that are always the same no matter where you go. All right. Good old reliable chicken fingers with honey dill, of course. I'm just going to say I'm, right I'm, now, I'm going to interject. Fuck what I was planning on doing where I'm not going to like offer my opinion. If anybody would like to vote for me in this, I want... <laughs> An entire. I want a honky rink menu of food. If I was on death row, <laughs> I want onion rings, chicken fingers, tots, oh, some tater tots, um, nachos, nachos, just, nachos. Just the <laughs> yes, it's just taco chips and cheese sauce. Yes, and like the whole chip wall, like all the old Dutch bags of chips I can get my hands on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one lost bag of no name Doritos. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maybe a, a rare sun chip. Hiding behind right? Right. some ringalows. <laughs> a baked old Dutch bag, not a fried <laughs> old Dutch. <laughs> Come on, old Dutch, don't stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> I love those you. Four packs of peanuts, <laughs> <laughs> and and then a really really depressing candy machine <laughs> with, with like just somehow only black jujubes. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> Like obviously somebody, yeah, totally. They're just they're putting their hand in there and like eating them whole. They're not they're not turning any money. Anyways, okay. So the restaurant chicken fingers. Um, what other items of uh, food goodness would you uh, would you want to consume? Or are you? I mean, at at this point, it would just be up to my imagination and this guy's limit. I mean, those are the staples. Yeah, they have to be there. But I mean, if it just happens to be a day where. Dessert is cheesecake, and that's what I need. That's that's just what it's going to be. If it's a giant volcano lava cake, hey, it's done. It's there. I'm digging in. I it's uh, magic. No, I see the thing. The thing is, is that you went and did the thing, and it's going to be obvious to anybody who listens if they know how to rig a game. <laughs> <laughs> and and everybody was like, I'm picking a thing. And your thing just so happens to be whatever you can imagine, which is like Dan picked Uncle Buck's breakfast. Okay. Right. And then he picked um, Radimus and Floyd from waiting, which we still have to get to you, which is why I'm bringing this up. Um, <laughs> so Floyd and Radimus would cook it only because he thought that Floyd would not sprinkle his pubes or flaky scalp over his steak because <laughs> he's a likable guy <laughs> he, he, he likes everything about them except for that you know he he likes everything about them if they don't piss him off was Dan's argument <laughs> which I loved um, but yeah so he picked the stack of pancakes and then he like on the fly was like and bacon by the foot I want fruit by the foot but oh, I want it to be bacon nice. <laughs> so but he went right to a meal a specific meal, which great, fucking awesome, right? Pancake cake, essentially. Um, but you have whatever the hell you can think of. Yep. Which is <laughs> slightly advent ad- advantageous when I didn't really think that that needed to be talked about, but you found, I like it, you found the loophole. <laughs> well, as somebody who just looked up a bunch of laws to figure out loopholes, <laughs> I may or may not be your loophole. Did you like, <laughs> did you have like a little eureka moment when you were like, ah, I got this one in the bag? Potentially, potentially. Chris could come from the rear. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea what he's got next. Um, I want you to close out though where why why I brought up Floyd and and, and Radimus. Um, where is your dining atmosphere? 
where are you having what are they bringing to you you can't really leave death row if we're trying to stay within the confines of somewhat truth so um what kind of what kind of tapestry would you want Oh, well, it's just a straight-up replica of Shanigans from Waving. <laughs> Complete with the the staff, obviously, minus the cooking staff, for very clear reasons. It's... But that's why the chicken fingers fit so well, you know, with Ali Wong's and wonderful Asian-infused cooking. I mean, as much as I can imagine whatever I want, I did try to bring in those those cinematic elements. Oh, no, you to- totally. Along I... with... Whatever I want. <laughs> Whatever I want, when I want it, until... And, like, you could technically cheat death row, too. You could just be, like, keep imagining until you eat yourself to death, like the fat guy in Seven. You'd be fine. <laughs> That's the thing. I would just never be done. Yeah. I think because I'm... I'm sure I could imagine that it's not really filling me up, and then I can just... If they can't stop okay, me from eating... Okay, I'm stopping I'll you there. The stay, stay inside the box. We'll just start imagining other things, too. <laughs> hey, I don't need to imagine calorie intake. I don't know why that one lost boy was so much bigger than all those other lost boys if they're all eating the exact same goop. And constantly running <laughs> through the trees and working out, right? You'd think, like, like when, when, whenever... whenever whenever they write that into a movie, the big vegetarian, you're like, come on. <laughs> Like that's not funny and it's kind of rude and it's, it, it's still not like, like, I don't know. I just, I think that's lowbrow humor in my, my opinion. Um, back on, on point here. Uh, is there anything that you feel that you may have missed that you would like to summarize before we, before we end the round here? Um, I don't, I don't believe so. I think it's just, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for those just chain restaurants that force people to pretend you're their best friend <laughs> and that they actually care what you're doing after your meal tonight. So where are you guys headed? <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, I love the insincerity of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I I miss it too. I think I think everybody should work in a restaurant. It's the best place to learn about humankind in, in so many I ways. Just, I think any country that doesn't have a mandatory military service should have mandatory customer food service. Yes. Yes. As, as, a, as a role to just build a more empathetic society. Oh, totally. Like you just, you, I, I think that's such a defining characteristic if we're going to be at the deep part of the, the deep end of the pool <laughs> of the show. Um, but yeah, no, it does teach empathy it, in understanding. And, and then you're like, you see a lot of weird shit. So you're more susceptible and okay to not losing your shit when you see other weird shit, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah, no, you heard it here for the 1000th <laughs> time. Probably Danielle and myself, tell your kids, go serve food. Um, well, you know, and before we before we end this, I just want to say, isn't like I if you haven't seen the movie Waiting and you're in, I said this on on Dan's call, and I'll say it here again too, and you can back me up if you haven't seen Waiting and you're in the hospitality industry, it is probably one of the closest things to being what working in a restaurant is like. Not because, well, it is accurate, but it's because that a restaurant is the only place that shit could happen. <laughs> I would say I would like to think it is exaggerated. So would I. But there's definitely every type of person. There's the person who's there and happy to be there. There's the person who hates her life that I identified with a little too much. 
Right. Working future. <laughs> oh man, you just see yourself on screen and you're like, Ugh, I'm the, I'm Justin <laughs> Long. I'm going nowhere, but I, they, this, they've got the golden handcuffs on me. Right, <laughs> money's too good, but it's not no future, man. Oh, I fucking yeah. And then and then you're like, I gotta quit. I gotta quit. I gotta quit working in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the sequel? I did. What it wasn't think? as disappointing as I thought it was going to be, right? but I wouldn't recommend it no. as much as yeah. I would recommend waiting. <laughs> yeah, and we all know it's Justin Long. It's Ryan Reynolds. It's her name I can never remember and always refer to her as Chris Anna Pratt. Anna Ferris, that's it. Anna <laughs> Ferris. Um, I wish I could remember um, Angry Snatch Girl's name. Uh, that will all make sense to you who haven't seen her, it and finally watching Her name... I looked up because I was like, I knew this at one point and I needed to bring it with me, is Alana Abdak, I believe. Oh, okay. That's her name. And so she's, she's done some voice work and some TV work since, um, but yeah, that is just iconic, the character of Naomi to me. <laughs> Help me. Naomi is, Naomi is like every person who's ever been just absolutely fed up, but can't quit. That's yeah. The, the lifer, the lifer. Yeah. Totally. The lifer. <laughs> um, what's that show on Netflix that caught all that flack for suicide and then high school. Shootings? 13 reasons why 13 reasons why she's the mom in 13 reasons why I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, she's the mom of, Oh no, maybe it isn't 13 reasons why it's the other one that's on HBO. That's covering a lot of the same topics and conversations that happen in high school she's on a show i've seen her recently i just i, I can't remember where yeah going. she has been doing tv stuff because obviously i pulled her name from imdb but yeah. i am not as up to date on on my tv watching to have recognized her recurring roles Def. yeah okay all right well yeah so yeah but what listen to what danielle says waiting to is god it's 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 just too many too many lows not enough not enough <laughs> big funnies like the first one i it exists yes <laughs> i wanna i wanna i wanna be honest with you i did do the goat tail once <laughs> <gasps> And and I'll just let anybody who's never seen the goat tail. It's not as bad as being tricked into like two girls, one cup or blue waffle or any of that weird shit when people are like, go Google this. But just just Google uh, the goat tail and and goat tail or penis, puppetry of the penis. One of the two. <laughs> and and the, put them together in a Google search and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, but it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I will say, I hope Dan at least makes sure they wash their hands. Because <laughs> I don't know if he included that in his disclaimers, but I just hope for his sake. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming for his last meal, everything was was <laughs> clean and safe for use. <laughs> I think I think my favorite line in, in waiting is when they have the staff meeting in the parking lot. And he, and he gives them the good old, like, hey-ho speech, like, troops go into battle. He's like, oh, yeah, push the fish. It's about to turn. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I mean, I don't think you can get poisoned by pancakes, so he, yeah. he should be fine. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you can't, you can't do much to a giant pancake that won't be seen. <laughs> uh, I digress. All right, well, um, thank you for your offering. This was, <laughs> it, it read this way on paper. 
It I, it definitely had. This was this was the direction. <laughs> this is the direction that what imaginary feast takes you with Ali Wong as your chef and eating chicken fingers and, and ramen. Like, fuck. Exactly. And see, that right there is how you summarize all of this. And then when someone's like, what's your last meal on death row? And you just say that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of movie is that? The best kind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Sean Penn's on the mile with you, right? Maybe maybe Tom yeah. Hanks is your guard. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Get some Denzel there. You never know. Oh, yeah. Den- yeah, totally. Fuck. Put all the prison guards from every movie into one prison movie. Oh, that would be a great <laughs> movie. So uh, you have a great rest of your weekend. It's fucking nice out. You're going out. Yeah, it is. I'm going out. I'm going to go enjoy some sunshine. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Sounds like a plan. Bye, Danielle. Bye. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Let's start off. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of a warm up conversation here first. Um, I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, so uh, have you caught any cool movies lately? Any gems that you found while uh, I've been perusing? Uh, no, I was uh, expecting, yeah, that kind of question. No real gems. I've been watching some sort of cheaper Netflix thriller kind of movies that they've released over the couple last couple of years, I guess. Okay. Um, like, One was uh, Escape Room. Uh, that's exactly what it sounds. People are trapped in the Escape Room. Kind of a nice <laughs> kind of spot there, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They got it. So they got it sort of almost like a. Uh, you got to figure out the puzzle to get out of the room before you die. But they don't know they're going to die or get attacked or whatever. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, like in terms of the death part in a horror suspense thriller kind of movie, it was kind of lackluster. So it was. It was pretty weak um and then i also watched uh, another one called the invitation a uh, couple gets invited to their fancy elite uh friend's house for a dinner party and it kind of unravels from there and it's sort of like a cult sort of thriller uh, also pretty weak now yeah we- those are the movies i haven't really watched anything recently um but i'd recommend i guess we started watching uh, Trial by Media, also on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I watched the first couple episodes of that. Yeah, cool. about a uh, docu-series about, I guess, the media's influence in trials across America. Yeah. And, and like, I knew the Jenny Jones one. Like, like spoiler alert, each each episode is about a specific case that the media had a huge, in, huge influence on. But like, Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know the Jenny Jones one. Uh, Serena did. She had heard about it before. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, I'm like Serena. I heard it in passing. Yeah, she uh, she didn't really know the outcome, so we were sort of surprised. On the right? Of it. Like, I mean, you can Google this if you want, or you can watch the episode. Either way, it's public knowledge. That's the great thing about docuseries. But um, it is, it's, and I mean, like, that kind of, I mean, all the other ones have some sort of element where the media fucked it up, but... I feel that the media really didn't do anything wrong. I think it was the Jenny Jones show that did all. Like, do you agree that Jenny Jones well, show was like kind of the catalyst for that? Yeah, that was just it. Like, it, 
what I wish the, that episode, and I haven't watched the rest of the episodes yet, so I don't know if it kind of goes into this bit more, but I wish it kind of showed us the fallout of the whole Jenny Jones trial and everything. Like, yeah. The, the murder happened in 95. Uh, so that's when it aired and everything, because it aired a couple of days before the murder, right? Yeah. Or not aired. It never aired. It ne- uh, yeah, it never aired. It aired way it later, taped, but it, it did air. It, yeah. They yeah. taped it. Uh, no, they never broadcast it. No, not at all. Okay. No, because they taped it, and then it was like four days later, three days later, she killed the guy, Um, and then it never gone to air yet. Uh, So it it wasn't like Jane Jones was taken off the air in the last next couple of years or anything. She was on for another eight years. So I was like, did this this change anything? Like, did it change how those TV shows at the time had to, you know, the waivers you signed, did all that lingo change up? It didn't really get into that at all and i wish it sort of had i i know i i really agree with you on that because from from the only perspective i i really caught of it was that it was shock television right like that seemed to what it was exposing where the other ones do kind of do what you're asking where you want to see more of the how how it led the trial in a certain way as opposed to just how it was part of the trial right because it's but the other ones are like i had the other ones i've never even heard about at all whatsoever. Yeah, I, I kind of read the synopsis, and none of them really sounded that familiar to me. So I can tell you, if you'd like to go to the next one and skip, not do the like, unless you have OCD like me, where you go in sequential order. But um, the the woman who was raped and her name was accidentally released is a really good one to go on next. Oh yeah, I mean, we're and you'll you'll laugh your head off at how it happened. I'm not uh, that I won't ruin, but like you're just like it's one of those like head smacker moments where you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You let this happen, and, and then you know, lo and behold, she's all over the news, and it's horrible for her. But yeah, no, those are that was a really I guess because you worked behind the camera, right, in media. So like, is that kind of what drew you to it, or was it just a general fucking like, oh, this looks cool? Yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, I worked in Canadian media. Um, <laughs> what do you preface like, it with Canadian? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is the way we present media and coverage, especially for trials, much, much different. Uh, I don't quite know the laws, but I don't think most Canadian uh, law courts, courtrooms uh, allow any TV unless it's like yeah. been super approved beforehand and everything. I know uh, a few years back, a trial here in Winnipeg with a woman that was pretty, was pretty high, not high profile, but it was a pretty sort of big talked about case at the time. I don't want to go into details. Yep. It's kind of graphic. Um, that one, I know, I think at the time, the TV media kind of got together with the law court to try and get a camera in, at least just for the judge to get the verdict. Yeah. Because um, even stuff like that, you don't have any, you ever get that kind of footage, you would have to... It's the draw. You, wait drawing, outside, right? you, wait, you, you wait outside for the lawyers and Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's much different. So, so yeah, it is kind of interesting watching how it unfolds, sort of in the states. I think it. I think you can chalk it all up to if it bleeds, it leads, right? Yep, and that was definitely, uh, definitely. Sorry, that, that sort of runs the same sort of here in Canada as well. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's a human thing. If we're gonna get all deep and shit. That's like a no matter where you are thing. <laughs> 
Um, anybody interesting in the other two? Like any any actors of note that were in the other thrillers you were talking about? Like anybody in Namers? In the Invitation, there was one dude that I've seen before. Uh, in, uh, I want to say Halle Berry's Gothica from like 2000. Oh Jesus, Fred Durst's like directorial debut. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't really know the actor's name. He's always kind of plays like a middle-aged, he's balding. You would probably recognize him the moment you saw him. What, oh, um, okay. I know what you're talking. Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, you watch The Office. Yeah. Well, no, I can't. Okay. I hate saying. Well, let's not go down this road. Okay. And that, ladies Moving and gentlemen, along. is how you yeah. avoid a tangent. <laughs> yeah. No, both. Uh, uh, both. Uh, both movies. I just, from what I remember, pretty for no-name actors. Um, I think I tried watching the escape room. I'm not sure. I think I saw it and was like, Ooh, it's one of, it's one of those movies, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, ready or not or anything by Bloomhouse. Um, so you, you... Yeah, I think it, I, I think it popped up on what I like with Netflix. They finally started with the, uh, top 10 sort of of the day yeah. or TV shows. And I think it probably popped up on there. Okay. No, whether or not. It was actually top ten. It was <laughs> I was just gonna say, it. It I trust your taste, um, so. and it worked. <laughs> it probably wasn't the top ten if you're shitting on it because you're pretty honest with your critiquing. So, Netflix, yeah. your algorithms are fucked. <laughs> so yeah, so let's let's. Let, I I'm I am limber. I feel a little warmed up. I feel a little stretched here. Um, I want to get to the debate with you. So, um, you know the rules. You've been explaining the premise. Please tell us what the fuck you're eating on death row for your last meal, sir. Well, I, I kept it. I kept it pretty simple. I'm not like a big foodie type <laughs> guy, you know. Um, I'm not sure if you are. Um, I'm a huge fucking snobby food asshole. That I'm totally that. yeah. But you you've done the other two, right? You've already talked to them. Yeah, I talked to Dan was first. Danielle was second. Okay, okay. You're, so you're you get yeah, to close so it out. I was I was gonna pick uh, hook. That Danielle uh, had chosen there, but told me she picked it, so I can go with that. I know. Um, so I, I mixed up a bit. I uh, picked from a couple different movies. Um, to start off would be an appetizer, though, um, <laughs> and I chose the Leaning uh, Tower of Chiza from true movie, a goofy movie. Uh, just a quick, quick shot character played by Polly Shore of yep. all people um, shows us a. Uh, Aerosol spray can, processed cheese spray uh, that he makes in his hand, and honestly, like, why not just have it? Like, <laughs> I'm on death row. It's probably gonna take them a little bit to do it. Um, so that was gonna be my appetizer. Uh, it's a pretty heavy appetizer, I know. I just, uh, I would, I would like to say before you, before you really carry on here, that 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 appetizer alone might win it for you. Okay. <laughs> Only because if I had access to that specific aerosol can of cheese on my everyday, and it was sold in Canada, well, I would have a full case load in the, in the apartment at all times. Well, because I thought to myself, I was like, wait, does this like this must exist? Like this spray cheese kind of stuff, and yeah, I think the brand's called the Easy Cheese or whatever. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know how it tastes. It probably tastes awful. You never had Especially it. That much of it. No, I've never had it. I don't think you're supposed to have that much, too. Like, how much he makes. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and, but... like, you would think that he just made it in his hand, so there's got to be, like, like cheese in the middle. It's not <laughs> hollow. It's just, like, 
a mountain of cheese beautifully shaped into uh, the entire What's what's the line? What does he say? Oh, I can't remember, and I just watched the scene. Oh, he just uh, sprays it, and then he stuffs it in his mouth. And Max, uh, it's uh, it's Max. Look, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. His, and his name is crazy, right? You've got Max's obviously goofy son. Um, what's Max's buddy's name? Uh, Pete Junior. Yeah, Pete Junior. That's that it? it. And then this character's name with with the cheese is Robert Zuramuski. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> like what? What kind of fucking name? And he's like this little surfer dude eating cheese in the principal's office, like totally stuck for detention. And then you get this, you get this Ukrainian last name for this fictional dog, like character. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched the clip before we started talking and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is genius. And like, whenever I get it, like whenever I buy it, it, like, I mean, I, I throw it out so that Shauna never knows that how fast I ate it so that she can't see it in the garbage. It it leaves the house. Is it expensive? What was it, like four or five bucks a can? So, yeah, like when I get it, I'll grab... What, what do you put it on? You put it on crackers. Crackers for starters. Okay. Um, they it's act, like a spread kind of almost, right? Yeah, like, okay, so so in short, um, you know how you can get like any cheese spread in Canada and it's still got like some body to it? This stuff like has elasticity, so it's just a spread in a can is all it is. Comparable more to like cheese whiz. Yes, if cheese whiz got really warm and was in a can compressed, I'm sure it would come out the same way. Like you eat cheese whiz and then you leave it out on the counter for a couple hours and it gets like really soft. That would be that'd be the closest thing you'd find. Gotcha. And, well, that would be my appetizer. <clears throat> uh, and then moving on to my to Western meal. Uh, I was going to start off to drink just a simple drink. Um, <laughs> Very simple drink. Like I'm sure other people chose wine or really fancy Big Lebowski's uh, white Russian that he always drinks. But I just simply went with Sprite that Samuel Jackson's character Jules from Pulp Fiction drinks uh, in the opening, in one of the opening scenes when they go to perform their first hit uh, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, He's just a simple Sprite. He there's just something when he drinks it. You know the sensation of washing down something that you really enjoyed with something like with another like, cool breath beverage. Totally. You just know that sensation when you see it. It's always, I, I wanted to pick the burger, but burger, I'm not going to have a burger in my last meal, you know. So yeah, I'm no. going to have a Sprite instead. No, well, no, hang on. No, I, uh, as much as, first of all, when did anybody confirm it was Sprite? watch the scene uh it's like wait i think he doesn't even say like uh can i have this beer pop i think he just says like can i have this but it's right guy just confirms it oh okay 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 because i've i've i was looking at that and i was like i've always thought it was sprite but i'm like how do i know it was sprite where was that but okay yeah he just says it quickly and then takes that long kind of sip um, but what is you? You totally described that scene perfectly that is a very thirst quenching scene like his quenched thirst comes across the screen well, it's a tense scene as well. <laughs> when you're watching it for the first time, you don't quite know what's going to happen. No. It's not, like Pulp Fiction is not quite that standard of a movie. It's not, very, it's not linear at all. It's all over the place. You don't know what you're going to get. So. Well, it's also like 
some you, you you always you find a scene the way the scene was supposed to be made the first time and then the second or third time it kind of lines up with your sense of humor like you can see the humor in it the next mm-hmm. three times which is totally that like that samuel l jackson pulling a tough guy move eating a guy's burger drinking his drink but then when you watch it again you're like man that's a good fucking burger and a drink i want and you know it just it comes across differently as you as time goes on exactly okay yeah. so leaning tower of cheese up <laughs> Thanks, Pauly Shore. Uh, well, and the reason, you know, if I'm going to have this cool, cool drink, I'm not, I'm not a big, like, alcohol drinker during my meals. Um, I don't mind a beer, but I'd rather a water or, like, a pop, so if I had to choose the Sprite. Because um, my final, my meal, my main dinner meal, piece of resistance. Is, is going to be me, uh, the steak dinner uh, that Cypher from the Matrix eats in the Matrix. <sighs> Now, the thing is, I know someone goes, it's not even a real meal, because it's not a real meal. He says when he's eating it, he cuts it. Uh, like, the Matrix is telling my mind that, you know, this is juicy and delicious. Yep. I know it actually doesn't exist. And you know what? And he takes a bite. He's like, you it's bliss. And you can just tell on his face. You, you, like, if you're a steak, if you, like, if you enjoy steak, um, you know that feeling. Again, it's going back to the sensation of drinking the... Uh, the, the sprites after something you've really enjoyed eating, you know, you know that you like steak, Mike. I don't know. I, like buddy, I love steak. You're singing to the okay. choir. Okay, well, and you, what do you, what do you, rare, medium rare? I am a rare to medium rare. Okay, so yeah, so you know yeah. that juicy sensation you bite down and oh, too well, it's great, and you see it on Cipher's face, and mm-hmm. he's willing to <laughs> risk humans yeah. so he can eat steak so <laughs> fake steak <laughs> without uh without any sort of moral morals hanging or i i couldn't agree that's a uh, um binging with babish you ever heard of that youtube channel so binging with babish is a cook from new york and he makes meals from movies that's his whole thing right so he actually remade the steak from the matrix, which was, I was like, okay, if anybody's going to make this or I'm going to find some information on it, it's going to be from him. So this is my indirect shout out. Cool. Um, so what, how does he make it for like, what's so really in the end, what's so different? It's from, it, he tries it, to stay as true to what would be done or what is normally done with that kind of meat. But then we'll like do variations on the play. So he, he cut a tenderloin, but then, did two roasts and then did the steak that we see in, in the episode. Right. So he does it his way and then he'll, he'll make it right to spec. Gotcha. Yeah. I should check that out. You really, it's, it's great. Cause like he'll do stuff not only from like he's expanded, right. Cause like, you, there's only so much food you're going to see on screen, but um, well, yeah. eventually he starts getting well, into some other stuff and like, and then he's, <laughs> he's also like a really good chef too. Like he's, he's good amateur chef. Um, there's uh, one of the weed stores here in town actually has that uh, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yes, burger it does. I know which one you're talking about. Um, I'm doing like 20 bucks and I see it every time I walk in. I'm like, well, let's buy this. <laughs> right. It's been around for a while, but now that I have just, I don't have to order it online, I can just see it and like, ah. Eh. But yeah, I don't think it would be too hard. It's just, I, I, it'd be kind of fun to go through some of the ingredients and try and make them. Oh, yeah, totally. And so after seeing this, like, 
your your like because we get quick glances of it, but it has a gremolata on it, which is like chopped up parsley and garlic and onions that they just like pile on top and then they sprinkle the parsley. And I think yours also came with like some button onions that were like roasted till they're soft and then like grilled. Oh, okay, yeah, on the side or whatever. Yeah, like that was that. So that's what he like. He freeze frames it and then goes, okay, that's what that's what the uh, props department put in. So that's what I'm gonna make. And then. Well, I was gonna guess too. He probably cooked it rare. Yes, he does. Yes, that's very like, and it's like, uh, what's your steak? Are you ribeye? Are you a porterhouse, T-bone? Because this is Chateaubriand or filet mignon, actually. What is it? Yeah, what is this? This this is a filet mignon. Is that cut? Okay. The matrix, yeah. So, which is very tender meat, but very little fat. Right, like you got to know what you're doing with that piece, otherwise you can overcook the bastard. Do you take you take uh, yours medium rare too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I was just gonna say, uh, uh, I'm curious. Uh, did he go into the price or anything about how much it would cost or how much that restaurant would have sold a cut like that? Because they're chilling in, I'm sure, a pretty swanky place. Yeah. He... Actually, they're probably chilling in the place Cipher knows about. But it, he only knows so high up. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's privileged information. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like what's the reason behind the steak? Is it because it's a, a like a love of your like a meal that you like, like your well, yeah, yeah. highs or generally the steak dinner is a meal I enjoy having on special occasions. Okay. Uh, you know, birthdays or new jobs or whatever. Um, so I, I, I'm sure there's other famous steak scenes in, uh, I can't think of any, but I, I always think of that one just cause the, the scene opens up, uh, like on the steak, you see it being cut and then the shot lifts up and then Cypher goes into like his little spiel and everything like that. Uh, yeah, which is great cause great. it's like you're literally sacrificing humanity for a fake high holographic meal essentially. Well, not just the meal. He knows everything else, so he he can experience as a human without the living underground. So, so knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I've I've been putting the movies on that we all pick from in the background as I do this now. So if something comes up, I'll be like, oh yeah, forget about that. Um, what? Who's cooking this for you? Who is who's behind all of who's who's, well, who's making you squeeze cheese? <laughs> One of his favorite hobbies, uh, Hannibal Lecter, uh, yes. will be my chef. I figure if I'm death, on death row, <laughs> uh, he's probably around somewhere as well. Maybe in the same work. I don't know. Uh, so I, I would just say it's probably easy to get him. Uh, and if you watch the show, he uh, he cooks up some pretty mean food. He he, d- he knows how to use, he knows how to handle his meat. He does. Sure. No, totally, totally. I don't know if he'd want to prepare the leaning tower of cheese for me, but they, yeah, I think he would snub you. I think he'd snub you on that. He might actually just be like, I'll do everything else, but, um, yeah. which hit or miss, right? You have some conflict. You, you want your last meal to kind of go as best it possibly can without fighting with the, with the kitchen staff. Um, in the movie, I wish they played into it more. Like you obviously, you see his dinner party in red dragon and then the obviously cooking of Ray Liotta's character's brains, which is, amazing mm-hmm. in Hannibal, right? Like, and then like eating on the plane, the figs and fruits and all that stuff. And then pieces of brain. Well, and that's, that's this whole sort of appeal, but like the show takes it to that next yes. level in terms of the cinematography. 
reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you saw Isle of Dogs, uh, Wes Anderson's animated movie from a couple years back. I, I, I can see how, I can see the relationship you're making, yeah. Yeah, yeah this place throughout the, uh, the scenes, they show someone preparing sushis, uh, sushi dishes and all that. Uh, and it's kind of done in that similar sort of style as that handful show. Okay, so um, we've got this lovely steak dinner. We've got this literally cheesy childish appetite like you've you've actually pulled from some like his it's a very simple dish like you've explained like you aren't a man of of you don't demand many things but the things that you do demand like i'll tell you danielle picked the imaginary feast right so it was like very yummy stick to your ribs kind of food and then dan picked breakfast from uncle buck the giant pancake stack and I mean, you can't like that's that's just a sugary bomb, right? There's there's a lot of obviously uh, fun there. I don't like, think you physically really eat that. No, <laughs> no, you can't. Like you you need you need like the offensive line of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to help you finish that. Um, but they all like picked some serious fun stuff. But you were just like, no, this is what makes me happy. This is what I'm going to eat before they you know stick me with the needle. I'm. I, go. I well. I mean, it's your choice. How would you? How would you like to go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, like of all of the. Arca- I, guess, I, think, I don't know if any place besides maybe Texas. Uh, I think every place does. You know, does Canada even have the death penalty? I don't think we, we do. We don't quote me on the date, but I think we removed it in '96. Okay, it's weird that you know the year. Yeah, I think that. Well, I was in. <laughs> yep. Watching CTV. Yep. I'm gonna remember this. One day I went down to the CTV archives and was like, "Can I look at like what thirteen-ish or something?" Definitely going into junior high, like grade seven law class. I think that was it. Did you did you perform a crime like right after? And you're like, "Ah, yeah, I'm not." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, check check my search history. Yeah. Okay, so I've added this for these calls for now. Uh, so you get, instead of, you know, how we all used to pick each other apart, uh, you get another minute or however long you want to take to summarize why this might be the best of the three. It's just a simple dish. Uh, I'm not going to cause headaches for any chef anywhere. Um, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to pick some meal. I'm like, that could be fine. It's just like, no, that's my favorite meal. And I want it from that specific kind of place. Oh, let's try it out. So, I, I dig, I yeah. dig simplicity. It's classic. It's easy. It's, yeah. No, you're definitely not. Uh, any like, what sides do you really like when you go for uh, a steak? Well, like the yeah. button mushrooms are like, uh, uh, like a loaded mashed or loaded uh, baked potato or whatever, or even just yeah. mashed potato gravy, drenched in gravy. Yeah, we. But even just side veggies that are just like, you know, sauteed. <laughs> yeah. Spinach, broccoli, all that shit. Just, just all that. I just like the salt. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's uh, that's about it, sir. You uh, you have a good rest of your week, and we will be in touch soon. Cool, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot. You too, brother. Have a good night. Bye. Is he a winner? Well, he owns things. Is that what makes a winner? Well, what else does? 
So at this point, normally you've turned the podcast off and you've found out who won the debate and you were either entertained or you're not, or you called us bullshitters or you didn't. But either way, we, we were glad to entertain you forever how long you listened to the show. Uh, the point of what I'm saying is, though, is that I get to pick the winners right now because we can't all be in the same room. So on this episode, uh, we've got, just to summarize, Dan Goldberg with Uncle Buck in The Breakfast, The Big Pancake Stack. Danielle Kayahara picked from Hook, which she took the imaginary feast and added a bunch of her grandma's cooking and some chicken fingers and whatnot. Chris picked Sprite from Pulp Fiction during the uh, Tasty Burger scene. The Leaning Tower of Cheesa from a Goofy movie. And the steak from Matrix, which I absolutely love the randomness of it all. So it was my job to pick a winner. And I, I, as much as I would I more want to play the game than, than officiate, this, is, this has been kind of fun. So without further ado, drum roll, please. It's Danielle Kayahara, ladies and gentlemen. Danielle Kayahara comes in. It was very close, but the fact that she used the loophole in the imaginary feast being whatever she wanted instead of physically committing to things. And also, I mean, to be fair and, and, and transparent, uh, we didn't really tell each other the answers to this one. So Chris did want to pick the imaginary feast. So maybe, you know, obviously he would have won either way. Um, the way it went down, I appreciated the fact that she went back to her childhood food. Right. The food we've all grown up on and being a foodie myself and, you know, being a nerd for this kind of culture. It's it's fun to, you know, learn about people through movie food, because that's what we do here at The Real Debaters. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this is going to be the new format for a bit. Um, and then once we can all get back together safely, we'll be we'll be doing it live and it'll be ridiculous like it once was. This is this is still ridiculous, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, thank you for listening. We all appreciate it on the show. Uh, this has been a blast kind of pivoting and switching and figuring things out, right? We're all learning and you get to learn along with us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your devotion. Michael Petro signing off. Bye-bye.